this morning was special. There were two other VIPers on with me for the morning conversation. One of them is sharing how he has a tough decision to make and just didn't know what to do. The next thing I know, the other VIPer, an international one, starts speaking truth over his life. I get a word from God, like I'm going, what? This is odd. This is what I hoped everything a VIP membership would be. And then God's like, hey, stop thinking about that. I got a word I want you to share with him. So now I'm sharing the word I get. Before we knew what was even going on, we were all agreeing to spend the next three days together praying and fasting over this decision. I'm telling you right now, friends, this is not just a VIP group. Like the vip this morning said, it really is a family. So check it out, smalleyinstitute.com. An isolated, clueless, stuck in a harem, nobody, only ever following the orders of her captors in hiding, Jewish woman pulls off the impossible. What was her secret? Trust is a tricky thing. We often miss one of the most important ingredients to trust, quitting. The last line in Esther 4.15 reads, if I die, I die. Genuinely trusting God means I stop trying to make it happen for my own plans and schemes or for my own glory. Quit, listen, obey. Freedom from the impossible only comes when we trust that God is God and I am not. Daily, we prove our inability to get it done. Every single day, every time you try to make it happen on your own strength, you know what happens. You've experienced it. You try to make it and you sabotage. You keep shooting yourself in the foot. You're wanting you so badly And this is why it's hard. It doesn't seem like it's the wrong thing to desperately want your husband back. I want my marriage reconciled. I don't want divorce. I want to be loved and I want to love. None of this sounds evil. The problem, though, is do you just keep shooting yourself in the foot, sabotaging this from ever happening because you you refuse to quit you refuse to trust. That's that's where the freedom comes from. And by the way, if you're asking yourself, well, I mean, I think I've quit, or you'll know because you'll experience the freedom. It's like, holy cow, I'm not as wiped out as I've been. And nothing's really changed. My husband isn't back, or he hasn't changed. He hasn't done the right thing yet. And And though I'm not, totally wiped. I'm not stressed out. I actually do kind of, the, the, there's a burden that's been lifted. I have to make him, because, you know, if you're wondering, well, I don't know if that's my issue, Michael. Well, okay. So <laughs> if you're saying stuff like, I have to make him see I've changed, right? That desperate, like, I know I did things wrong, and and he's got to see. I've got to tell him, look, look what I'm doing differently. 
quit. If only he would come to counseling with me. Quit. Once I can get him away from his controlling family. Quit. If he would only stop. If he would only stop drinking, looking at other women, watching porn, ignoring God. If he would help around the house with the kids. If he'd stop ignoring me. Quit. My definition of quitting is about surrendering and dropping the idea of winning back your husband. The unpopular truth that nobody wants to ever hear is you don't need your husband. He doesn't need to have to do anything in order for you to be completely satisfied. This is such an unpopular thing, and people, man, when I share this, they're like, wait, what, and huh, and I deserve this. My definition of quitting is about surrendering, is about letting it go, dropping it. It's I, I get it. It's unpopular. But the truth is you don't need your husband to do anything in order to be totally satisfied in life. Stop buying into the lies that, well, I mean, how can I possibly have a good marriage if he doesn't? Well, yeah. How can you if he's your source? It, it Right? Your marriage crisis is a what crisis? It's a faith crisis. If, look, you're miserable because of this, because you are refusing to quit, you're refusing to stop trying to change him, and you're spending all that energy that you need on your own crud, worried about his crud, you smell, address the stench on your own body, and drop it with your husband. Let him go until you're willing to be without him. You can't ever be with him. It's not worth it. It's not going to be healthy. It's gonna con- you're going to continue dragging on the same old crap, and you're going to continue rolling around in the muck for as long as you need him to do anything. You don't need him. It's a lie. We either believe it or we don't. When you don't, you know how it feels because this is what you're feeling. You feel trapped. You feel hopeless. You feel overwhelmed. You feel afraid. All of those things, the source of it, is thinking that if only he and I need him and you don't. And it's this isn't an unloving quit, like I hate you, I'm done with you, you're dead to me. It's the kind of quit where you hand him over. Hand him over to himself and to God and say, Lord, I can be okay even if. You know you keep doing it. We keep sabotaging. If you think that I'm an idiot, and you think I'm a fool, that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, just ask yourself some important questions. Am I overwhelmed with fear of the future? Hmm? Do I say things I often regret, right? Something is just flown out of your mouth. You're like, oh, wow, I should not have said that. Are your actions 
or just ask yourself, are my actions and words making things better or worse? Because if, if these things are happening, if you're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety and you can't sleep, I, like at some point, you know, open your eyes and go, whoa, I don't think I am trusting. I'm not quitting. I'm not recognizing what I actually have control over. If this is if if what you're going through and you are overwhelmed with negative emotions, it's time to quit. It's the only thing you have control over. The only thing in this situation that you can actually control are your own actions, thoughts, and feelings. And yes, I said feelings. Feelings are the result of a choice I make up here. If I'm miserable in my brain, I've said I choose to be miserable as a result of someone else's actions, your husband's, your parents, whatever. That's a choice. Our emotions are dictated by choices, which means we can choose to feel differently. We can choose to trust when everything feels out of control. And it's when it feels out of control that it's most important for us to quit We got to let it go. Making your husband reconcile is not your job. One of my favorite thinkers and authors of all time is Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. So just let his words sink in here. Don't aim at success, Hmm. i.e. winning your husband back. Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. (laughs) Sorry, I keep interrupting Victor's quote. You're doing it. You keep missing over and over and over again. Try it differently. I'll start over. Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue and it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself god happiness must not happen and the same holds for success you have to let it happen by not caring about it. In other words, I don't need it. It doesn't have to. I want you to listen to what your conscious commands you to do and go on to carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, in the long run, I say, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Let that sink in. Maybe your biggest problem right now in your marriage and in this battle and in your genuine desire to win your husband back, maybe the problem is is you still really have to win him back. You're still stuck on, I got to have that happen so I can be. All I'm trying to say today is quit. Drop it. Trust in God. And maybe when you finally allow yourself to let it go and say, hey, 
I'm okay. That isn't unloving. That's not going to sabotage your chances. Because, uh, But if he doesn't know and if he doesn't hear and if I don't, yeah, what? What then? You've proven. You've tried all that. It's made it worse. He's felt more manipulated. He's felt more controlled. You've basically proven every negative belief he has against you. Maybe by simply dropping it, letting it go, quitting, saying, I'm okay. I actually don't need this anyway. You, don't, you know, that's obviously not something you go, I don't need you. You suck. No, that's not the kind of quitting I'm talking about. It's a genuine, heartfelt release to go, I'm all right. No matter what happens, God's got me, and I'm okay. And if you're really struggling with this one, because I get it, this is totally easier said than done. Totally get it. But are you willing to try? Are you willing to try? Are you willing to go, well, maybe, maybe Esther isn't wrong. Maybe God isn't wrong. Maybe this moron that I'm listening to right now isn't wrong. It's not my idea. This is God's. Are you willing to try? Are you willing to try to keep? Because I get it. I get it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah, okay. My marriage. I got kids. I haven't worked in 15 years. You're right, Michael. I should just be okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I, I mean, I get it. Everyone's circumstance sucks, and it's tough, and it's terrifying. And this takes a tremendous amount of belief and trust and maturity. Are you willing to try? Are you willing to give it a shot? Because if you are, here's what you want to be doing. And if you're a VIP member, you get these downloads on this, in this course, on this post, and you get the community, right? We had a great question and conversation time last night where honestly, this theme was huge. We, you know, yeah, people don't want to hear it, man. And you have to. There was, there was quite a bit of silent pauses last night, but we got to let this stuff sink in. So yeah, it's easier said than done, but are you willing to try grounding yourself in the present? So when you begin feeling flooded, when it starts to feel panicky and are you willing to do the exercises? You can download them if you're a VIP -er. Are you willing to do them? I can remember when my wife and I were separated and I wasted so many freaking months. I had, I, I even, I, I made my own. I should try to find it. And if I do, I'll include it here so you can see it. But I had created, I was so depressed. I was so wiped out that it was like one day and in working with my coach, obviously he was encouraging me to do the same things I'm encouraging you. So I'm telling you, I get it. I get when it feels so dark and overwhelming and miserable. I mean, all I ever wanted to be was married and I'm in marriage ministry and I'm separated. Yeah, that was a big one for me. And so at one point, you know, kind of start, I'll, I'll just give you my journey. It started by recognizing, actually, my journey was, mm -mm, I'm not going to do anything right. 
So forget it. I'm I'm like I I was just laying down, rolling over, and dying. That obviously wasn't good, but I kind of came out of that place, and I remembered, and I started hearing it from from Jim, going, "Man, I've got to start doing things. I got to get a routine." Started in the morning, especially in the morning. It's so important to start your day off right. So I made this really cool little infographic-looking deal on my daily routine. This is what I'm going to do. Step number one, two, I think I had like seven things. The first thing was brush your teeth. I, I was struggling brushing my teeth. I was so low. I was so desperate. I was so wounded. I was so... Freaked out by everything going on around me. My own choices, my wife's choices, everything. So it started very basic. Man, I created that thing. I made it look real cool. I printed it on a color printer. I taped it real nice on my bathroom mirror. It took months and months and months. I want to be on, I probably, <laughs> I probably created that thing in July-ish, August, maybe August, maybe it was September, I don't know, and there it stayed. The best thing I did for the next nine months after creating that thing, I didn't tear it off the mirror. That's about the best I did, is I just didn't tear it off, I wouldn't do it. At one point, it, it it almost felt like a demonic oppression. It was like, dude, the, there's a good plan right there on the mirror, and you're still not doing it. And I chose not to do it, which means I chose to stay in misery. It means I dragged out the healing that my wife and I could experience month after month that I refused to let everything go, quit, take responsibility for myself, and do the right thing. What's the healthy thing for me to do? I had it right there. Brush my teeth, have a glass of water, spend time with God, uh, figure out, you know, what, what does God want me to do today? And then do it. I refuse to. For a good nine months or so, somewhere in that range, and guess what magically happened? When I finally did, when I finally surrendered and quit, I got better. <laughs> nothing had to, nothing else had to change around me. I got better. I was still separated. I got better. I was still separated. I felt happier. I was still separated. My freedom from the current situation got better. Nothing, you know, things were changing. But I was still separated. And yet nine months later, I was in a totally different place because I finally really surrendered it. So ground yourself. Recognize your poor reactions are merely, oh, this is so big, your bad reactions to your husband. All they are is an attempt at making your husband do the right thing. It's controlling. It's manipulative. So stop it. Your anger, your outbursts are meant to gain something. I want to be loved, so I'm going to scream at you and force you to love me. 
Just recognize it for what it is. If you are reacting and treating others poorly, it's because you want something. What is it? What is it you want? I had this recently again in my own life. I asked my therapist, hey, why is it when I feel invalidated, do I get so stinking triggered? I get so flooded quickly. He's like, well, what are you really wanting? It's like, well, I'm guessing I want to feel validated. All right. That makes sense. So how are you trying to get that deep need met? Um, trying to get my wife to actually validate me. This is why it's hard, man, because is it wrong for, for me to want my wife or others to validate? No, it's not wrong. And do I deserve it? Yes, I deserve it. But if they're not able to meet it, what, what then? This is the quitting. Let it go. Drop it. He gave me a phrase that just almost instantly lifted a big chunk of this burden off my shoulders. Dude, have you ever considered taking that off the table? Because what am I doing if I start getting flooded and react poorly to my wife when I'm feeling invalidated? I'm trying to control her. I'm trying to make her validate. You need to validate me. Oh, that works real well. And so he just said, man, have you ever thought about taking it off the table? Where else can you get that need met? And it was like the light bulb went on. Sickly, I think I actually gave someone else that basic same advice a couple of days earlier. This is hard to see it in your own life. But I, I got it instantly. I realized, oh, I forgot. I don't need her to validate me to feel validated. I can validate myself. I can get all the validation I need from Christ. It's true. So recognize your poor reactions are merely attempts at controlling and manipulating the other person. Take back control by disengaging moment by moment. So take back control and go, whoa, I'm not going to add fuel to the fire. And frankly, I'm not going to give you anything to grab onto, right? Because they also get a benefit, by the way. Your poor reactions allow your spouse, your husband, your wife, whoever, to justify well, see, that's why I have to do that. Because look, he's being a jerk. She's being out of control. So take that away and go, hey, this isn't about me. I'm okay. You don't have to do this. It'd be nice. You don't have to. Just ask yourself, where does this huge need come from? For me, especially over validation, it's my own desperation from not feeling validated as a child by my mom. That's, that's where it started. That's, she's many wonderful things. But for me, it hasn't been an overly validating experience with her. And so I kind of came into marriage with that baggage. And therefore, two of the most important women in my life, this is a major struggle for me. Drop it. Let it go. Take it off the table. I don't have to get angry. And frankly, I don't have to demand it from you. It's all right. God has me, and I'm handing you over to God. It's not mine. Stop begging. Stop begging. Come on. You, uh, when someone begs you, for, does that feel good? You're like, woo, I like this one. No. Stop beg. Please come back. And please don't do this anymore. Please. Can't you just change? It's begging isn't going to help. It makes everything worse. 
makes you out to be the victim, and it puts this obnoxious weight on your spouse that doesn't help them succeed. So don't beg. Own your part and stick to changing yourself. That's what you're going to do. If I die, I die. That is Esther's words. She let it go and said, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to obey God. And whatever happens, happens. I'll be fine. If I die, I die. Make Esther's words your own. If he leaves, he leaves. If he never changes, he never changes. If he refuses to love me, he refuses to love me. Nothing I can do about it. Say it out loud and ask God to help you believe and trusting him. The result is freedom.